Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996, live on WNUR-FM, Evanston, Illinois. I'm going to claim that this week's episode of The Complacence represents one of the first major appearances of the Internet in popular culture, as during Adrian Creamsicle's custody trial, The Complacence read what their fans are saying about them on Usenet text discussion newsgroups. Now there's a blast from the past for you. Also, you will hear the first installment of the Blindy Roadie Without Fear series, and the Major League Super Crime Busters have their first encounters with super supervillain Chet the Man God and super nosy landlady Mrs. Hugglebump. The next voice you hear is coming to you from January 13th, 1996. The preparations continue at a fever pitch, the complacence. Coming up very soon on WNUR Freeform. And now, the sketch comedy show you've been waiting a long time for, and goodness knows, so have I. The Complacence, starring in The Complacence. Hey look everybody, we got mentioned in the Globe. It's about time, Complacenceville, Switzerland. All my letters to the embassy paid off. Not the Globe Globe, Gunner. The Globe. I just bought it at the checkout counter. Here, I'll read it aloud. Man's head on woman's body gives birth to baby. Fred says no one's interested in paper news anymore. These days, it's the net. How can I print newspapers on fishing tackle? Not that kind of net. The kind of net you access through your computer. I'm logged in right now. So what are you reading right now? Experiments in Bondage, Chapter 3 of 15. M-M-M-F. N-C- Whoops, <laughs> this isn't Rec Games Puzzles. Wait a minute, don't scroll down that list so fast. What are all those bands listed there? Oh, this is the alt music section. These are all news groups dealing with a specific band. Well, scroll on down to T. Or up to C. Uh, there isn't a complacence news group. There isn't, but we're much more popular than Nin, whoever that is. That's Nine Inch Nails. Well, we should start a news group then. That way, people all over the world can share their opinions about our music. I don't know. Us starting our own news group? That would be like self-promotion. Oh, wait. Here on alt.config, someone already suggested it. I would like to propose a news group for Canada's greatest band, The Complacence. Hey, there's a reply. Probably someone saying, me too. Can't you just talk about them in can.general? Oh, ha, ha, ha. Come on, Fred. Just add some support to that. Yeah, it's not like they're going to recognize your name. Oh, all right. Hey, when you get done doing that, is there an online support group for men who gave birth to a baby while their head was on a woman's body and the mother's head was on the, their body and are now depressed because the mother got custody of the baby after their heads were switched back to their correct bodies? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll look. Speaking of which, where is Mr. Creamsicle? He's in his office. I think he's talking to the Flaming Highway Records lawyer. What do you mean, who am I talking to? It's me, Adrian Creepsicle, the manager of the Complacence. No, we couldn't possibly have wrecked the hotel room. Well, just because it was registered to us doesn't mean we were in it. The other band wouldn't let us in, and we spent the night sleeping on the floor of the bus. Anyway, I have a legal problem, and since you're a record company lawyer, I thought you'd be the person to talk to. You see, I spent quite a while with my head on a pregnant woman's body. Stop laughing, this is serious. I gave birth to the baby, but right afterwards, they sewed my head back onto the body and gave the mother her head back. And they gave the baby to the mother. But I carried it for eight and a half months. And not only that, I'm the father. So I'd like to sue for custody. Hello? Hello? Damn it, that's the third time he hung up, uh, he hung up on me today. I, uh, Why don't you call one of those lawyers that advertises on TV? I don't have whiplash. Although I do have a bizarre looking scar on my neck from having my head stitched onto two different bodies. I'd like to sue that chef who cut it off in the first place, but he left the country. Well, it can't hurt to call. Sure it can. The telephone's been acting screwy. It gives you a shock while you're dialing. Wait a minute, I've got an idea. Alas, get me the county courthouse. 
Okay, now I'm looking at the county courthouse website. If I click on here, I get a picture of all the judges. That family court judge looks like my old gym teacher. Man, that brings back a lot of bad memories. Then by clicking over here, I get a list of all the cases that are scheduled for trial in the next month. Hey, look at the first case on the list. Adrian Creamsicle versus Fanny Hardy? A custody hearing? Creamy's going to court to get his baby? That's what it looks like. Men, you're looking at the American system of justice in action. Yeah, Lannis, that long white dress looks great on you. What are you doing holding that scale? You didn't tell me where to put it down. In the cabinet next to the envelopes and the stamps. Where else do you put a postal scale? Anyway, I'm going to go to court to get custody of Adrian Creamsicle Jr. You're going to name him Adrian Creamsicle Jr.? I think that's a great name. It's ten times better than what she named the kid. What kind of name is Oliver? The kid's going to be teased mercilessly all through grade school. Yeah, with a name like Oliver Hardy, I can see why. Hey, Oliver, where's your red pimento? Hey, Oliver, are you pitted or do you have seeds? Hey, Oliver, why aren't you floating it bright in a jar? Yes. Ah. Whereas with a name like Adrian, all they can do is bad Sylvester Stallone impressions. But anyway, because of the unique nature of this case, they've agreed to bump it to first priority on the docket. Why are they holding the trial out there? Out where? On the docket. Do some fishermen need to testify? Uh, yeah, Fig, that's exactly right. So, tomorrow at 9 a.m., we need to be there. Does that give your lawyer enough time to prepare a case? I don't have a lawyer. I'll be representing myself. And you know what they say, the man who represents himself has a great lawyer. Uh, that's not quite what they say, I think. But what about her lawyer? I spoke to him on the phone. He's willing to go to court as soon as possible. I think he isn't taking this case seriously. But I'll show him. We'll all show him. And we will indeed. We'll also show you, or at least let you listen to, what happens after this week's episode of The Curtain. You're listening to The Complacence on WNUR Freeform. Last week on The Curtain, Curtis Hambones, a.k.a. The Curtain, and his love, Debbie Duncan, a.k.a. his sidekick, Minnie Blinds, finally took down their holiday decorations. Meanwhile, trapped in the past, Dr. Nightmare and Dr. Patriot have formed an uneasy alliance in order to get them and Lady Guinevere and Sir Lancelot of Camelot back to their proper respective positions in time and space. Thus far, their efforts have managed to bring them to the final video rehearsal of the moon landing. We now join them as they ponder away out of their predicament. So, Captain Patriot, what you mean to say is... Damn it, Nightmare! Doctor! Doctor Patriot! Doctor, my planter-warted foot. Now I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor, too. I have my diploma right here. How on earth did you get a diploma? All I ever remember you doing in med school was drinking beer and stringing panties up the flagpole. Just like every other American medical student. Anyway, Dr. Patriot... You mean to tell me that your American astronauts needed to rehearse before video cameras before landing on the moon? You got a problem with that, Nightmare? Why, it so happens that the first person from my native country to land on the moon did not need to rehearse beforehand. Damn it, Nightmare! The first person on the moon from your country was set there in a box by you and your league of criminal villains! Was it that long ago? Boy, Patriot, you sure know how to, ma- how to make a guy feel old. Sir Lancelot? Yes, my lady Guinevere? The moon men in their strange armor have left in their motored carts, and their friends have taken their odd electronic eyes with them. That's because they feared the mighty sword of Sir Lancelot. But they left behind their metal balloon. Metal balloon? Whither? Right, thither. Meanwhile, around 30 years later in the hall of the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters... Well, since Dr. Patriot has been gone for six weeks, The assumption rule kicks in, and I, Lady Victory, as the current vice president of the Major League Super Crime Busters, declare myself president of this organization. Six weeks is over. Finally, here's the Lady Victory. Hear, hear. I heard hear. We can hear just fine here, announcer man. You don't need to help us out with your announcer powers. But I wasn't. Oh, never mind. Now! Since we haven't had a meeting in six weeks, we have a lot of business and rampant crime to deal with. Blitzkrieg Man and Bizarro Monkey Boy have broken out of prison and are out on a crime spree. Little old crime spree, not to worry. Hi, Mr. Shammy. We'll stop them. It's not as simple as that, Mr. Shammy. We have reason to believe that perhaps 
there is a, a far more powerful criminal mastermind controlling their actions. Could it be Dr. Nightmare again? Don't you remember, Minnie Blinds? Dr. Nightmare is trapped back in time along with Dr. Patriot. <clears throat> it must be somebody else. Uh, but uh, there aren't any other big crime bosses in Manhattan this time of year. Meow, 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 meow. Good point, Franken. <laughs> what do you suggest we do? Meow, meow, meow. That's an excellent idea, furry kitten. That's why you're next in line for this position. Meanwhile, back in the Arizona desert... Stop waving your diploma in my face, patriot. Macho posturing won't get us back to the future. Look out! Metal balloon! Everybody get us the hell out of here! Where's he off to in such a rush? He probably has to go to the bathroom. As I was saying, why don't we travel to my secret Arizona fortress? That way we can get assistance from my past self. No way, Jose. You're not dragging me into your hall of traps, only to be ganged up on by you and your younger, evil self. Fine. You have any ideas? Excuse me, good doctors. Have thou seen Sir Lancelot around? Uh, yes, he, he just ran that away. What a silly man to be running from a metal balloon. Metal balloon? She must mean the Moonlander. He gads. That NASA video crew must have left it here. Won't they need it for the moon landing? Huh. Come here and look at this thing, Dr. Nightmare. It looks like a moon lander on the outside, but on the inside, it's empty. It's just a prop. So what do you propose we do with this lifeless heap of junk? I know, just the man for the job. I think he's alive in this decade. Yes, he is. He served with me on the class AAA super crime busters. He can help us out. If only there were a payphone nearby. I've got my cellular. It's the 60s, Dr. Nightmare. Cellular phones won't work in this era. Just try it. Fine. Hello? I'll be damned. Meanwhile, Furry Kitten wraps up the details of his plan to stop Bizarro Monkey Boy and Blitzkrieg Man. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. Meow. Uh, yeah. What happens if we don't catch them? Meow. Meow, 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 meow. Eloquently stated, Furry Kitten. Well... Now that all of you know your roles in tomorrow's search and subsequent major battle, I suggest you all go home and get a good night's rest. Meeting adjourned. And so, Curtis and Debbie return to their upper-middle-class Manhattan apartment. Uh, Curtis, I have to admit that I'm worried about tomorrow's major battle. Don't worry, Debbie. We have to find the villains first. Open up in there, Hambone. I heard you come in. Oh, no. It's our crotchety and suspicious landlady, Mrs. Hugglebum. Here to collect the rent, no doubt. I'm here to collect the rent, Hambone. Open the damn door. One moment, Mrs. Hugglebum. I'm not decent. Uh, quick, Debbie, uh, hide under the coffee table while I take off my clothes. But, but, Curtis. Uh, hello, Mrs. Hugglebum. Uh, you look wonderful today. Hambone, you told me you were going to get decent. And I did. Oh, I guess I didn't. Are you fooling around with that girl you're always bringing around? Oh, no, Mrs. Hugglebum. I'm all alone. So you was fooling around with yourself? Yes, with myself. Well, good, because I don't want any of your sick sexual stuff going on in my building. The other tenants complain about seeing you two in the windows every night. Heaven knows what you're doing in there. Would you believe we're superheroes? Very funny, Hambones. Where's this month's rent? I must have left it in my pants. I'll be back soon, Hambones, and you'd better have that money for me soon, or your naked ass is going to be out on the street. Uh, goodbye, Mrs. Hugglebum. Nice seeing you again. Is she gone? She's gone. Curtis, we don't have enough... We don't have enough of this month's rent. You're right, Debbie. We probably should have shown up for our respective jobs as architect and interior designer instead of just taking a vacation when Dr. Patriot was sucked back in time. Curtis, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know what to do about the rent, but as for right now, I'll give you a hint. I'm already dressed for it. A birthday party? Back to the past. Thank you for coming on such short notice, Quantum Mechanic. We really need your help. Yeah, well, uh, your past self is a buddy of mine, and he told me that you needed some help, so here I am here. In what manner may I assist you? We were wondering if you could transform this Moonlander into a time machine. Mister, you got a lot of noise to be asking me such questions when you are a villain of such a stature. 
Still, future Dr. Patriot here assured me that you would not be causing too much trouble. So at this point, it will behoove me to trust you. Uh, but uh, don't trust him too much, eh, mechanic? Eh, indeed. Uh, so how about it, QM? A time machine? I'm sorry, Dr. Patriot, but time machines don't exist. They cannot possibly exist, for their existence would violate several important quantum properties. Such as? Such as the one that says you're not allowed to be your own father. Then how do you think we arrived back in the past? I do not know, but it was not science. So what can you do with a Moonlander? I can make it into a really powerful Moonlander. How powerful exactly? Powerful enough to take us across the galaxy and back in five minutes. Five minutes? Well, it would be five minutes for us in the Moonlander, but almost 30 years would pass here on Earth while we were gone. That's a time machine if I ever heard of one. By gum, you're right, Nightmare. Get Lancelot and Guinevere. This is our key back to the future. Lancelot and Guinevere aren't from the future, you fool. Well, we can't leave them here. They'll just slice up everything and have sex with everybody, respectively. We'll worry about returning them later. Get started, QM. Why, Dr. Patriot, I'm already finished. The Landa is ready to go. Excellent work, QM. You know, I haven't seen you in almost 30 years. That's probably because I have to fly the Moonlander, and I'll end up permanently trapped in the future, almost 30 years younger than I should be. And all for the better, so that you can healthily fight alongside the Major League Super Crime Busters. Into the craft, you ironclad buffoon. No! Don't let it eat me! Please, God, no! Come on, Lancelot. It's just a spacecraft. A spacecraft? Why, on earth, did thou no sayest so beforehand? Thou said it was a metal balloon. It was only a, a descriptive metaphor, Lancelot. Oh, twas, twas it. Stop bickering, you two, and get inside. Is everybody seat belted in? Everyone is, quantum mechanic. Then, next stop, the future. The next morning. Where are we, Mr. Shammy? Um, we, well, we were tipped off there that a crime boss resided in this abandoned warehouse. Many blinds? Who is the tipper, Mr. Shammy? Well, Lady Victory said it was some gentleman with a high nasal voice in the initials SS. SS, SS. What do those initials stand for? Well, Stan Shammy, of course, but I didn't tip us off. Hey, there's a big crate here marked Village. I wonder what's inside. No, Malevolent Girl, don't open that. Who has disrupted the slumber of Chet the Man-God before he is fully rested? What fool dares tempt my wrath? I will reduce you to the dust from whence you arose with my power to change reality as I see fit. Uh-oh, Benevolent Girl, you've really done it this time. Will the Major League Super Crime Busters be reduced to atoms by Chet the Man-God? If not, will Curtis and Debbie be able to scrape together enough money to pay the rent? And who is this mysterious SS? And will Dr. Patriot and the rest of the time travelers arrive back in the future as planned, or will something come up? Tune in next week to the curtain when you will hear Mrs. Hugglebum say, Now, Sylvia, dear, don't let me catch you putting on that super villainous lingerie again. And now, stay tuned for more of The Complacence, and then the first exciting installment of Blindy, Roadie Without Fear. You're listening to The Complacence on WNUR Freeform. <clears throat> All rise! Family court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Stanley L. Warren presiding. It's him. It's the guy who looks just like my old gym teacher. Quiet, or hold us in contempt. <clears throat> you may be seated. Now, I would like to explain to our audience that I have a divorce case scheduled for today, but I've bumped it back because, quite frankly, I felt that this particular case I've agreed to hear today would be my only chance ever to set a legal precedent and get my name mentioned in all the law journals. This case involves custody of a boy aged uh, seven days, it is a case number 96FC22, Adrian Creamsicle versus Family Hardy. Oh, sorry, Fanny Hardy. Bailiff, would you please bring the jury in? I think I got it in a bag. Please don't pick me to climb the rope. Please don't pick me to climb the rope. Our first opening statement will be from the plaintiff, Mr. Creamsicle, who is representing himself. Thank you, Your Honor. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I notice you're all staring at the scars on my neck. Well, except for a couple of you who are staring at the ceiling in a desperate attempt not to look at the scars on my neck. How did I get these scars, you're probably asking yourself. The answer is, my head was chopped off. 
You may also notice that the defendant, Ms. Hardy, has similar scars. She got them the same way I did. Her head was chopped off as well. It doesn't matter how it happened or why, but what does matter is that our heads were accidentally sewn on the other's body. Her head got on my body, and my head got on her body. Now here comes the tricky part, so pay attention. Before her head was chopped off, she was pregnant. As you know, when you're expecting a child, the baby's not in your head, it's in your body. Therefore, when I got her body, I got her child. It was now my child. So, I carried it for more than eight months until I gave birth. The person who gives birth is the mother of the child, right? And that's me. But right after I gave birth, our heads were switched back to the correct bodies. She was given the baby. But there's another wrinkle to this story. It turns out I was the father of the baby. I had impregnated her when our heads were originally on the correct bodies. So, seeing as how I'm both the mother and the father of this child, I deserve custody much more than her. (laughs) (laughs) Order! Order in the court! One more outburst like that, and I'll seat another jury! Your Honor, I rest my case. You do? You're not going to call any witnesses? Oh, wait. I didn't mean I rest my case. I mean, I'm, I'm done with my op- 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 opening statement. All right, then. Uh, you may go, Mr. Smith. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm Leon Smith, the attorney of Ms. Fanny Hardy. We are considering the fate of little Oliver Hardy today. And he is Oliver Hardy. He certainly doesn't belong to any rock and roll band manager... He was inside Ms. Hardy's body for the entire time he was developing in the womb. And that's the definition of a mother. Besides, Mr. Creamsicle is the manager of a rock and roll band. That's no job for a baby's father to have. So, I urge you to keep little Oliver Hardy with his mother. Thank you. Call your first witness, um, Mr. Creamsicle. Your Honor, we call Mr. Adrian Creams to go to the stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? What was that second one again? The whole truth. Sure, I swear to that. All of it, or just the second one? All of it. All right. Where was I on the night of March 22nd? I was working at a fast food chicken restaurant. Who was I working with that evening? I was working with Ms. Fanny Hardy. Is she in the courtroom this morning? Yes, that's her singing over there. Uh, Mr. Creamsicle, this would go a lot faster if you didn't walk from the front of the witness stand to the back and down every time you answered a question. Oh, so, so I should just sit here? <clears throat> what happened after the shift was over and the restaurant was closed up for the night? Well, one thing led to another, and suddenly we were making love on top of one of the plastic tables. Could you be a little more specific? Let me see, uh... I believe we started out in the uh, missionary position. Mr. Creamsicle, uh, you don't need to ask yourself questions and then answer them. That's not what you do when you represent yourself. It it makes you sound schizophrenic. Besides, I object to that line of questioning on the grounds that it appeals only to Mr. Creamsicle's private, prurient interest. Just tell me the story, but leaving out all the juicy details that uh, Mr. Smith objects to. I pretty much told it all in my opening argument, though. Except how much I miss little Adrian Creamsicle Jr. If only I got to see him for about ten seconds, and then everything went black, and the next thing I knew, I wanted to see him to suckle at my teeth. Objection! Sustained. I wanted him to drink my breast milk, but suddenly my breasts were gone, and so was he. And I haven't been the same since. Yeah, he hasn't had breasts for a week. Oh, yeah? Well, so what if I can't do 50 push-ups? What's that prove? Uh, Mr. Smith, you may begin your cross-examination. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Creamsicola, would you state your occupation? You said it in your opening argument. I manage a rock and roll band. You manage a rock and roll band. And the name of this band is... The Complacents. The Complacents. Now, how would you characterize their music? Um, bizarre yet grounded in reality? You would characterize their music as bizarre, yet grounded in reality. I object. On what grounds? On the grounds that he's repeating everything I say, and it's driving me crazy. Well, I'll sustain it, I guess. Um, 
Defendant's counsel will try not to drive Mr. Creamsicle crazy. Woohoo! So, do you want your son to grow up and be complacently bizarre yet grounded in reality? What kind of description is that for a child to have? He'll go to college and the other kids will say, Hi, I'm Joe. I'm an economist major. I graduated first in my class at Washington High School. And all he'll be able to say is, Hi, I'm Adrian Creamsicle Jr. I'm complacently bizarre yet grounded in reality. Is that the kind of life you want your child to lead? You're assuming I'd treat him like one of the band, but I won't. I'll treat him as if he were my very own son, which he is. So what about when you go on tour with your band? Are you going to bring your entire house, his school, and all his friends with you on the road? That could be expensive. Do you have that kind of money? No, of course not. Oh, so you won't be able to provide for his education? No, that's not what I meant at all. When I'm out on the road, my, my personal assistant will take care of him. And where is your personal assistant right now? She's back in the office taking care of business. But she'll be here after lunch. Well, I'd like to call her as a witness then. No further questions. Uh, Mr. Creamsicle, you may step down and call your next witness. Thank you, Your Honor. I call Johnny Angelo to the stand. Me? I'm honored. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Sure, of course. Would you state your name and occupation for the record? I'd rather state them for a CD or a cassette. Johnny, not now. This is serious. Sorry. I'm Johnny Angelo, and I'm a rock and roll musician. Uh, how long have you known me? It's been almost a year, hasn't it? I don't know. You tell me. That's right. Almost a year. How well do you know me? Real well. We spent almost all our time together. Have I ever acted in a fatherly way toward you? Oh, sure. That's how you act all the time. Would I be a good father to someone younger? No, you'd be a great father. I object. This witness has obviously been rehearsed. Your Honor, I swear to you, none of this has been rehearsed in any way. <clears throat> From the testimony I've heard so far, <clears throat> I can believe it. Um, object and overruled. Is there anything in particular that makes you think I would make a great father? Nothing in particular, really. It's just the way you are overall. Thank you, Johnny. Your witness. Mr. Angelo, isn't it true that a real father would discourage his son from being a rock and roll musician? Now, that's not true at all. My father is happy I'm a rock and roll musician. Oh, really? Absolutely. Well, I have a phone right here. Suppose I call him and ask him. Oh, I wouldn't call him right now if I were you. He's asleep. Asleep in the middle of the morning? Isn't your father a farmer? Yes, he is. That's why he's asleep now. He has to get up really early. What? How early does he get up? At 6.30 p.m. 6.30 in the evening? That's right. He does all the work at night because when you plow at night, the weeds you turn up won't germinate. There's no sun. Where did he get this idea? From one of his farming magazines, I think. Your Honor, I object. Um, thank God. On what grounds? Being irrelevant, I hope. Well, I was about to object to the sun not being up at 6.30 p.m. It certainly is in the summer. What? But since you suggested being irrelevant, I'll, I'll go with that. Good. Sustained? All right. Two in a row. Yeah. So what you're saying, Mr. Angelo, is that Mr. Creamsicle would make a great father. That's right. But you're comparing him against the only other father you know, being your own. That's right. You're sleeping at weird hours, plowing in the night farm magazine reading father. That's right. No further questions. <clears throat> you may step down, Mr. Angelo. Well, how'd I do? Uh, you did all right. I don't care. I'm not taking my clothes off in front of those perverts. I'd like to call Fred James to the stand. What? You heard me? No, I meant, oh, I'm surprised you're calling me to the stand. Just get on up there. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, self you got? I do. Would you state your name and occupation, for the record? My name is Fred James, and I design mazes for a variety of publications. Aren't you also a member of the Complacents? I'm a non-performing member. A non-performing member? Now, how did that happen? It went something like this. The rest of the guys were signing their contract at Kwanzaa Pizza, and I was sitting at the next table. Now I'm next. Oops. Gunner, that floor is dirty. Thanks. Whoops. No problem. I'll get it. No problem, I'll get it. Let's see, do I just sign on the purple dotted line? Purple dotted line? Let's see, 15%. That was one expensive pizza. If this wasn't my mom's credit card, uh, carry the one. 
Is this the right expiration date? Expiration date? Let me see that. This isn't the contract, it's a credit card slip. I thought it was a little strange we were only going to be earning eight seventy-three. I object. This flashback sequence was pointless, and not only that, it wasn't introduced by a glissando on a harp like a flashback sequence is supposed to be. Sustained. Jury will disregard that flashback sequence. <sighs> anyway, Fred, would you say I would be a good father to a baby? You would be a good father to anyone. Thank you, Fred. No further questions. Mr. James, you say you design mazes for various publications. Is that true? That's true. Nice little puzzles for kids to trace their way through with a pencil. That's right. Then do you recognize these instructions? Start in the scrotum and travel through the vas deferens? Uh, yes, I recognize them. That's the, they're from maze I did for a pornographic magazine. Did you say A or the? Uh, A. You do a maze every month for this pornographic magazine, don't you? Yes. Oh, yes. It's all true. But the contributor's fee for all the puzzle magazines is so low, I had to supplement my income with something. I don't get much for being a non-performing member of a rock band. I'm sorry. No further questions. Man, Fred, you really broke down on the stand. I couldn't help it. I cracked under his tough questioning. Yeah, so what if I can't play field hockey? I'll bet Carlos Santana can't play field hockey. <clears throat> I'd like to call Gunner to the stand. Um, what was that name? Uh, just Gunner. You know, like Madonna. Gunner? I already told you, Coach. There's no way I'm going to get up in front of the whole class and give a jumping jack demonstration. I don't care if you give me an F or not. Just leave me alone. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, permission to approach the bench, Your Honor. Okay. Uh, now, in light of the... Just a minute, Mr. Creamsicle. Uh, when the other lawyer approaches the bench, you get to come up here also. Oh, really? That's neat. Anyway, as I was saying, in light of the testimony already given by the two members of the band Mr. Creamsicle manages, the defense is willing to accept that the remaining members will give similar testimony with regard to Mr. Creamsicle's ability to be a father. Uh-huh. And that means... It means he doesn't want to cross-examine anyone else from your band, so you don't need to call them as witnesses unless they've got something different to say that the other people you already had up on the stand haven't said. <clears throat> but that means I don't have any more witnesses. You don't. That means you can say it now. Uh, really? Yep, go ahead and say it. <clears throat> I rest my case. Finally. <clears throat> One hour recess for lunch... It's only 9.45. But it seems like it's been years. Well, anyone want to go down to the courthouse cafeteria and enjoy some delicious tuna noodle casserole? Maybe in a minute. Fred's using his laptop to log on to the internet. We're checking to see if the Alt Music Complacence News Group has been created yet. And there it is. It must have just been created this morning. There's already one message. Hurry up. Open it so we can read it. I bet it's someone talking about my perfect guitar riffs. I'll bet it's someone talking about my beautiful singing voice. I'll bet it's someone waiting to trace a bootleg of a concert. Here it is. <laughs> Dear friends, my name is Dave Rose. Not the make money fast thing. I don't get it. This doesn't mention the complacence at all. Man, that internet thing is way too overhyped. Come on, Gunner and Fig, let's go have lunch. Ah, uh, alone at last. Now I can check out Alt Binary's Pictures Erotica Mazes. I don't think I did too well this morning. Maybe this was all a big mistake. But I want that child so much after he grew inside me for all those many months. Wow, Creamy, I don't think I've ever seen you this depressed. And you know what we do when someone's depressed? Hide all the razor blades? No, we sing a song. Nothing makes you feel better than music. Isn't that right, Creamy? He couldn't make me feel any worse. That's the spirit. Bunny, snowy, bitty. Watch the pavement slip away Come lie in the snow with me Snowy angel fun is free And the man who owns the snow owns the world The man who owns the snow owns the world Last snow tube is faster than your car today I can lie right
could be a good track for the next album, but probably not a single or even a radio album cut. See, I told you music would make you feel better. Hey, isn't that the general from Quonset Hut Pizza going into that courtroom over there? Bankruptcy court. I wonder what happened to him. I guess we won't find out for a while. Would you excuse me a minute? Two large orange juices. Sure, fake. So anyway, I'm sure he's going to call Finney as a witness. If only I could think of some good questions to ask her. Ask her about who's going to be the baby's father figure. She's not married, if you hadn't noticed. Hey, yeah, you know, why didn't I have you be my lawyer, Fred? Because he does obscene mazes? They're not obscene, just pornographic. There's a big difference. Besides, it doesn't matter if a lawyer creates pornographic mazes on the side. I guess it's too late now, though. By the way, why was Fig going into the jury room? Because he had two big orange juices. Wait a minute, the jury room? Yeah, it's where the jury for your trial is sequestered. They won't let them out until the trial's over. Oh, no! Wait, this could be good for us. What if he sways the rest of the jury over our side? You're right, Johnny. Things are looking up for me. I'm going to have a baby before the end of the day! Or will he? Stay tuned for the thrilling conclusion coming up after this adventure featuring our very own Blindy. You're listening to The Complacence on WNUR Freeform. Meanwhile, across the city in the Complacence Recording Studio... Uh, Gunner, have you seen Blindy? Not for a while. Why? Well, Adrian told me to be extra careful with the gold-plated strings for my auto harp, so I went into a meditative trance to hide the extra ones. That way, if I was able to be interrogated, there's no way they would ever be able to find them. Anyhow, I broke a string and sent Blindy to try and find one of my spare ones. How long ago was that? Just a couple of hours ago. Or was that yesterday? Down in the basement of the studio. Boy, it's a good thing that the stairs weren't structurally sound and I fell through that rotten wood or else I never would have found this secret room. Most of it seems pretty empty. Some clothing, some City of California scratch and sniff stickers. Hey, Fix from the City of California, too. It looks like he's been here. There's an old tube box in the corner. Some strings in it. Sunflower seeds. Ow! Razor blades. Um, there are a couple of sets of strings. They feel like auto harp strings to me, but are they gold? One water displacency test later. One of these strings is gold, but where do the rest of them go? Hmm, it, part of the floor is wet, too. Wait, that's just some of my own blood. Oh, I, I better tear a strip of this cloth and wrap it around my, my face to stop that bleeding gash I got from falling on my head. I'll just use part of this curtain hanging decoratively on the wall. That's better. And it seems that the wall hanging was really covering a hole to what sounds like an enigmatic maze of tunnels that could stretch for miles. One way to find out. Elsewhere underground. Bizarro monkey boy hungry. Me think we should rob restaurant now. We know we now hurry back quickly with the things that we have quickly taken so that our quickness will meet with reward. But Bizarro Monkey Boy hungry. You are not listening to the words that I have spoke. Now is not the time for food. Resistance will prove futile for those who try to resist. The one is of the whole requires this. Self-sacrifice is key. But Bizarro Monkey Boy must pay homage to succulent fast food as portrayed by slick television commercials as seen in prison. Sometime later, after a good deal of walking, we find Blindy has at last come to what seems to be the end of the underground maze, only to find an unlocked door. So this is where Fig disappears, too. Well, except those times when he disappears and he is really just trapped inside the soundproof studio. The whirring sound beyond the door is faint, but it sounds like the familiar tone of a slurpy machine churning all of its icy goodness. I bet some ice would help this concussion and painful throbbing I'm experiencing and that odd gnawing feeling at my ankles. 
on the other side of the door. Give me the porn. What? I said give me the porn, and I've got a gun, so I suggest you hand it over. All of it? One copy of each of those behind-the-counter magazines and be snappy. Stay calm. Stay calm. Okay. I am. I, I am. I wasn't talking to you. You think I'm not I'm not nervous like like I do this every day or something? No, no, no. I would be I would happily buy the porn if I could, but since that's not just not an option, ever since the syndicated success of Baywatch, the price of these magazines has skyrocketed due to increased salary demands from the now star-stricken models. What about me? What about the little guy who isn't quite as beefed up as David Hasselhoff and just struggles by on good old-fashioned porn? I become a societal deviant. Uh, that's fine and I'll just don't shoot me or anything. Just give me the magazines and... Hey, is that door marked Danger Haunted Catacombs? Opening. All characters roll 1d10 for surprise. Blindy has surprised the two in the convenience store. The rats gnawing at Blindy's ankles have surprised him. He charges into the store screaming. I'm mongers of disease! Be gone from me! In a confused flash, Blindy is smashed into the gun-wielding criminal and knocked him to the floor. A Twinkie-laden shelf crashes down on the prone man and finishes the job. I don't care much for rats. You have some ice? Who are you, masked man? Blindy. Blindy the roadie. Man... Take some free ice. Thanks. You haven't seen any golden auto harp strings, have you? Only once, but they were fool's gold. Well, thanks for the eyes. Oh, sorry about the shelf. Bye now. Man, my life is boring. If only I could be like him, like Blindy, the roadie without fear. And so the adventure begins. And now, back for the conclusion of The Complacence on 89.3 WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago's sound experiment. <clears throat> Remain seated and come to order. Family court is again in session. Thank you, bailiff. Uh, Mr. Smith, you may call your first witness. Just one second, Your Honor. I need to get another chair for the jury box. I think there are some right across the hall in the closet. Wait a second. Another chair for the jury box? No, who cares? Look, Pig's in the jury box. Let's just hope he doesn't call attention to himself. Quiet, you two. All right, we're ready. Just a second. Before we get started, I'd like to call up to the bench, Mr. Creamsicle and Mr. Hardy. No, Miss Hardy, sorry. And uh, bring your baby with you. Uh, sure, Your Honor. No problem. Oh, <laughs> so cute when he's asleep. Now, I think we can settle this without wasting anyone else's time. Do you both want to try? I guess. Okay. All right. I'll get out my Swiss Army knife. <laughs> if both of you want him, well, I'll just cut him in half. Lengthwise? No, across. Uh, oh, wait, I know. Uh, I don't want him anymore. You can have him. Oh, no, you don't. He's all yours. I'm leaving him to you. <laughs> Well, another spectacular failure. Only one of you, two, was supposed to say you didn't want him. Sorry, Judge. All right, um, Mr. Smith, call your first witness. Ms. Fanny Hardy. Do you swear that other older than I've got? What did you say? Just say yes. Yes. Now, Ms. Hardy, you love your son Oliver, don't you? Oh, yes. He's a little bundle of joy that dropped down from heaven. Objection! Babies don't drop down from heaven. If they did, they'd all die from the fall. Your Honor, Ms. Hardy was speaking metaphorically. Overruled. Now, in fact, you only have one regret about the circumstances that led to his birth. Isn't that true? Yes. I only regret that I didn't get to experience the miracle of natural childbirth for myself. And you have, of course, been nursing baby Oliver. Well, that's right. It's easy thanks to these, which I was missing for eight months. Would you say that Mr. Creamsicle has a pair of those? He most certainly does not. I should know. I had his body for eight months. In fact, wouldn't you say that his body was hairy and disgusting? The kind of body that would scare a baby? It's the kind of body that would scare a grown woman. Why don't you object to that? I can't object to that. My body does scare grown women. Let's get on to another subject. You're not married, correct? That's correct. But you did recently get engaged. That's right. Who is the lucky groom-to-be? 
Martin Holmes, who owns the local franchise for the chicken restaurant that I manage. Would he be a good father to little Oliver? I guess his new name would be Oliver Holmes. That's right. He, he would be a good father. Owning a fast food franchise. There's a lot of money in that, isn't there? I believe so, yes. Well, and that's pretty much a normal job with regular hours that involves sitting at a desk and wearing a tie instead of running out onto a stage and having purple hair. Yes. So you're confident that within how long until you get married? Just a couple of months. Within a couple of months, your baby will have a completely normal life with just you and your new husband. Absolutely. Thank you. No further questions. Uh, Fanny, what do you mean you're getting married? I mean I'm getting married. I love Marty. But... But what about that special night we shared? Doesn't that mean anything to you? It means my back still has an indentation from where I was lying on top of, of an ashtray. So that's what was back there. Forget it, Adrian. It's over between us. I thought you realized that. Oh, I do all right. I do indeed. No further questions. <clears throat> you may step down, Miss Hardy, and congratulations. Thank you, Judge. Your Honor, I'd like to call Mr. Creamsicle's personal assistant. Uh, but she's not here, uh, Hi, I'm here, everyone. What did I miss? Just go right up on there and sit in that chair and next to the judge. Ooh, that's a really good seat. Thanks for saving it for me. No problem. I just want to ask you a few questions. But first, this man in the uniform has something to ask you. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God? Yes, I do. All right. Would you state your name and occupation, please? Alanis Morrison, and I'm the personal assistant to Adrian Creamsicle. Morrison, like the lead singer for The Doors? No, like the cafeteria chain. Uh, anyway, what is your home address? 7832 North 55th Street, apartment 4J. And what is the address of Adrian Creamsicle's home-slash-recording studio-slash-office? 5601 South 7th Street. And how far apart, how far apart are the two? Let's see... Must be over 125 blocks north and south, and about 50 blocks east and west. But you go home at the end of the workday every day. Of course. Adrian and I aren't sleeping together or anything, you know, by which, I mean, spending every night in the same bed. Is that what this is about? No, of course not. All I'm saying is that you don't spend 24 hours a day with Adrian, so if there were some sort of emergency, whether baby-related or not, you wouldn't necessarily be right there to help. No, I probably wouldn't. Thank you. No further questions. Alanis. Oh, never mind. I have no questions. In that case, I rest my case. You may step down. Do I have to? I like this seat. I can see everything from here. Yes, you have to go sit in the back. Oh, all right. Mr. Creamsicle, do you have any uh, closing statement? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen of the jury, do you remember my opening statement? Well, just think of it again. Thanks for being brief, Mr. Creamsicle. Mr. Smith? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what you have witnessed today from the plaintiff is an example of incredibly poor research, incredibly poor rep preparation, and incredibly poor thinking. Would you want this man to be responsible for another human life? I know I wouldn't. And even if, for whatever reason, you may still be learning, leaning towards giving him custody of little baby Oliver... Just remember that according to the law, if there's any doubt in your minds, the baby must stay with whoever has custody of it now. So, if you think maybe, she gets to keep the baby. If you think maybe, she gets to keep the baby. I object. That rhyming couplet is much too clever. That's all I have to say, Your Honor. All right. The jury will retire to make its decision. This court stands in recess. Everybody, come here and look at my laptop. Look at all those messages and alt-music complacence. Apparently, the trial's been on court TV. Let's see what they say. Did anyone else see Gunner stand up and fight for what he believed in? You tell him, Gunner. No jumping jacks. If I were in a band, I'd be proud to have Adrian Creamsicle as my manager. Doesn't Aunt Johnny Angelo look cute sitting in the gallery? Could someone post some JPEGs of Fred's pornographic mazes? Does anyone know when their new album is coming out? Oh, guys, all these people are talking about us. We have at least several dozen fans. Look at this one. Why does everyone think the Complacents are from Canada? I happen to know they're from right here in the good old USA. All of this brings a tear to my eye. I'm not depressed anymore. You're not? No. In fact, I don't even care if I get custody of baby or not. 
Remain seated and come to order. Family court is again in session. Will the foreman of the jury please read the verdict? Your Honor, we, the jury, find that the child should remain in the custody of Fanny Hardy, and we further find that she is not only the mother of the child, but also the father. All right, thank you. Jury members, see the bailiff to get your parking validated, and Mr. Creamsicle and Mr. Smith, please approach the bench. How long will this take? I've got a probate waiting upstairs. Not long. I just wanted to say, Mr. Creamsicle, that I know this is going to be tough on you, but have you considered getting a pet? Well, I have Fig. No, I mean a cat or a dog, but if you're allergic to animals, you could get some tropical fish or go to the animals at the zoo. I, I hear they have a new exhibit there. I heard about that, too. It's the state of animals of all 50 states. You know, like a... Florida manatee or an Alaskan black bear. How about the state north of, north of Illinois? You mean Wisconsin? I'm sure they have its state animal. Objection! Objection? Counsel is badgering the witness! All right, Mr. Creamsicle. If I ever see you win this court again, I'm giving you the death penalty. This case is closed. Court adjourned. So, Fig, what happened? Didn't you know you were supposed to try to convince the rest of the jury that Mr. Creamsicle is both the baby's father and its mother? Oh, really? I guess I got things a little mixed up. I convinced them he was neither the baby's father nor its mother. I guess that explains it, then. Ah, it's all right, Fig. I've come to realize that the last thing I need is a baby weighing me down. The best thing for the complacence is for all of us to be free and unattached. Uh, here's someone on alt music complacence saying they saw Johnny secretly get married to the bassist from Lunchbox. That's not true. We only went into the Wee Chapel of Love to check out prices. Ah! I've had more mood swings today than during my entire pregnancy. Next week on The Complacence, will Adrian Creamsicle have more mood swings? Is there a special someone wearing Johnny Angelo's ring? Just who is this Dave Rhodes person anyway? All that and the curtain and blindy too, coming up in 167 hours on the next episode of The Complacence here on WNUR Freeform. Stay tuned, title to be determined is next. Back now in the present, here's what's actually coming up on the next episode. The band Taekwondo is extremely surprised to find that their rival band, The Complacence, is the opening act at the rock show they're attending. They are, in fact, surprised enough to throw things. Until next time, this has been the Complacence Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.